Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Father, we thank you for bringing us together into your presence this morning. Lord, the entrance of your word gives light. And this morning, we pray and ask that your light will shine into every dark places in our lives in Jesus' name. That, Father, whoever here is looking at this year, rolled by the days coming to an end, and peradventure they're asking, Lord, when? Father, we thank you because that when is now. In the name of Jesus, the time to favor Zion, the time to favor you is now. And that time has come. And Lord, we thank you because we step into the fullness of all that you have for us. Father, I mortal. I ask Holy Spirit that you speak through me and that you deliver your word to your people. Let there be salvation in this house today. Let there be deliverance today. Let there be provision, insight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we have been having a conversation in this month on the topic of rest. And um, I'm going to be following suit in that direction as well this morning. Today I'm going to be speaking by the grace of God on a topic titled Cease, Cease, that you might enter rest. Seize that you might enter rest. Tell somebody seize. Man. See, rest is a concept that if you have a certain type of personality, it sounds very alien. I remember one Saturday morning, if I remember just prior to the pandemic, um, we had a conversation in my house. And my husband said, you're here, there, everywhere, but hardly here. That has to stop. And um, even when the, when the pandemic hits, it was for people like us. Because the truth is that we're now forced to be by ourselves. <laughs> and I remember one Saturday morning, maybe like 7 a.m., I just woke up, jumped out of bed. I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I need to do this, 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 this. And he just pinned me down and said, will you die if you just stay? Just stay. Nothing will happen. And so I say this to help us understand that there are certain people that they don't have a problem to just wake up in the morning and lounge on their bed. Who is like that in this place? All right. So who are the people that are more like me? When you wake up, your brain is already in over... If I, even before you wake up, your brain is in overdrive. Like, okay, let's get going. Let's do this. So those kind of people, I have come for you this morning. Just as God came for me. And the message for you is, seize that you might rest. You know, Martha is a very, very, very good example in the Bible that we all talk about. And once upon a time, if you talk about Martha and Mary's story, it would really upset me because, say, I was Martha. And not because being Martha is wrong, and that's why I used to get upset. Because the truth is that the things that the Marthas of this world will do still needs to get done, right? Someone has to do it. But the problem was not the doing. The problem was the lack of resting. And so God wants us to be in a state of rest. The problem is that it's already given. Many of us have just refused to enter it. And so God is bringing us a reminder this morning that you need to come into his rest. And so um, 
Coming into this year, God had given me, my family, a word that we should give up control. <laughs> Again, if you might like me, that's an alien word. Give up control. What do you mean? I have to know I have my plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. Everything has to align. By this time, I should have achieved this by that time. But you see, God is in his mercy. When he chooses to say that, you know what? I will make you lie down whether or not you want to. I will make you lie down in green pastures. Because sometimes, how many of us, you've, you've taught that I need to get things done. I can't sleep until whenever. And then as soon as you hit the bed, you're gone. How many of us? Yeah. And then you wake up and you're like, I didn't even realize I needed that rest. I didn't even realize I needed that sleep. And sometimes God in his mercy does that to us. He would make us to say, you okay, just lie down. And it can come in different forms. For me, the pandemic was my making you lie down in green pastures. Because then you are forced to really sit down and say, what's all this stress for? And that's what God wants for us, that we should seize. And so what does rest really mean? And that's what it means. It's to seize. To seize from doing something. To seize from work. And what God wants us to seize from is our own work. You know, we wake up in the morning, we run around, we're chasing the kids, we are chasing after work, we're calculating, we're doing permutation and combination on the bills, we're looking at the income, we're calculating, tax return will soon come, maybe if I get that one, I add it to this, how will the mortgage, we're doing all of those things, we're calculating, and God is saying, if you will just stop, cease, rest. So many times I would just be going health as skelter and I would hear God say, Anita, just rest in me. So the truth is that you cannot fight your battles and still have God fight them for you. That's just the truth. You can either stand to see the salvation of God or you can run and don't see it. But you can't do both at the same time. So which is it going to be for you? Are you going to stand? Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 29, he says that, come unto me, that I might what? Give you rest. It is there. Tell somebody it's there. You just have to get it. And I'll read, I like this, the, the passion translation of this. He says that, are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me, I will refresh your life. The psalmist says that he restores my soul. For I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 31 verse 17, it says that God himself rested and was what? And was refreshed. Avon created day one to, on the seventh day. He did what? He rested. So who are you? That you think you can run all over the place and not rest it says that it's a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in the in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed so what does God want us to cease from to cease from our own works Hebrews chapter 4 verse 10 Hebrews 4 verse 10 
Bible says that as we enter, and I'm, I, don't know, I don't think we have the Passion Translation, and that's where I'm reading from. It says that as we enter into God's faith rest life, we seize from our own works, as just as God celebrates his finished work and rests in them. And so to seize is to bring an end to your own way of doing things. The Bible says that God's ways are not what? They're not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Your modus operandi is not his. In your own thinking, in our own way, the order is put your resume together, put your cover letter together, put in an application for that job, make sure that you put it through an ATS system, and then as long as it's about a 90%, you have a high chance of being called and you'll be called. Then go for interview coaching and say this and say that. Use the STAR method and chances are you might get the job. That's our modus operandi. But God can just decide that you are there minding your business. And then somebody calls and said, ah, there's an opportunity. Are you interested? Amen. Right? That can be God's modus operandi. That you are there. You're looking at all those algorithms that they say look at. If your website is not this and that, sales will not come. And you're there doing all the permutation. Don't get me wrong, it's good to do those things. Like I said, I'm a planner. As a matter of fact, my nine to five, I'm a strategist. So planning, organizing, strategizing, it's in my DNA. However, when a planner tells you that sometimes the horse truly is ready for the battle, but victory belongs to who? God. So do those things, it's good. Because even me, when I came and God said, this year, Anita, I want you to be in my rest, give up control. I said, yes, Father, but I will still plan on. <laughs> However, Lord, feel free to upset my plans. And boy, that's a very dangerous prayer. <laughs> because by my plan, um, Pastor does not like this one. I would have been in Ottawa by now. <laughs> that was my plan. But God chose to interject. Because I said, Lord, I want it, but feel free to upset that plan. And so, in our anchor text in 1 Kings chapter 5, from verses 3 to 4, and I want to tell something that the truth is that for us to actually enter into God's rest, remember we said to rest means to what? To seize from your own way of doing things. To enter into that rest, it means that something has to come to an end. And that thing that comes to an end is your own striving. When we look at the story of King Solomon here, the Bible says that David could not build the temple of the Lord. Why? Because there was too much bloodshed. And what was it that Solomon came into in that rest? Solomon never fought battles one day in his life. The battles had to come to an end that Solomon might get into rest. He cannot be fighting battles like his father David and still be in a place of rest. Remember, you either choose to stand and see the salvation of God or you run and fight your own battles. The choice is yours. I place before you today death and life. By all means, tell somebody, please choose life. Choose life. And so Solomon had to sit down and then build the temple. Why? Because rest had come. And he didn't have to try to do things like his father, David. 
And to really get into this rest, one thing that is very a key ingredient is to trust God. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6, the Bible says that trust in the Lord with what? With all your hearts. And do what? And lean not on your own understanding. In other words, and seize from your own ways. Acknowledge him and he will do what? He will direct your path. It's easier when God directs your path. And then things begin to align. And it's like, you know, it's like you're, you're watching, you know, uh, um, it, it's like there's a blank. Someone watching you will think you're about to walk on air. But then as you're going, it's like the, the ground begins to form right in front of you. And it gives you that direction that you need. Because you have seized from your own and you are leaning on him. So trust is a key ingredient. And why this is important is because sometimes the place of our deepest pain is a place of our greatest distrust. For many of us, if we've grown up experiencing poverty, hmm, not, oh, I couldn't eat three square meals, we only had breakfast and dinner in my house, not that type. When I mean poverty, <laughs> the type where maybe you have to go and scrape and I've seen this happen, well water, put alum in it, make it clean, and then that's the drinking water, and that's people's experiences. And that kind of person comes into some form of wealth. They'll find it hard, they might find it hard to give, because they are scared, I don't want it to finish, I don't want to go back to that. So they need to trust God. Where we've been hurt the most is where sometimes we find it hard to just seize from our own ways. But that's also where God will tell you, let it go the most. Abraham, having waited so long for Isaac, God came and said, thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest, <laughs> Abraham gave him up. Of course, God wasn't going to take it. He's a rewarder. But can you, having had a bad experience, haven't come into the good in that place, are you able to say, God, I will still give it all up in a heartbeat if you require it of me? And so trust is important. The other thing that is important if we're going to enter into this rest is actually very much laid out in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. Let's read together. I want to go. Let us labor, therefore to enter into that rest. Pause. Let us labor. And so the other ingredient is that we need to labor to enter. Yes, you're probably thinking, how do you say cease from my works? But then you're also saying labor to enter. Because the truth is that, remember I said, you're seizing from your own ways. Now, what is God's ways? Because you can't seize into nothing. You have to seize into something. However, you're seizing from what you know in your very limited human capacity to what God knows in his limitless God capacity, right? And so how do we labor? Number one, we labor in the word. Now, in laboring in the word, there are a number of things. Number one, put the word in your heart. This can be reading, studying, meditating, reading it, whatever it is. But just make sure that you put that word in your heart. Hide it in your heart. The psalmist said, thy word I have hid in my heart that I would not, that I would not sin against you. Whether or not we like it, something has to go into our hearts. The question is, what's in yours? 
Because what's in yours determines what comes out when life starts to bring its pressures. Tell somebody, put the word in your heart. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God is alive and powerful. So labor in the word. Number two, on laboring in the word, you need to take God at his word. You need to trust God. Peter, having, you know, toiled all night, trying to catch fish. I mean, think about it. Peter is an expert fisherman. Like some of us are expert strategists. Some of us are expert project managers. Some of us are experts, whatever we are, right? We all have our expertise, true, right? Some of us are even expert parents. When God says, no, do it like this, we say, no, 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 God, no, 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 no. You don't understand. That's how they brought me up. So therefore, I must. And God is saying, mm, okay. We must take God as it. Well, Jesus showed up on the scene, first of all. My grandfather is a fisherman. They fish at night. Fishing doesn't really happen during the day. You get the best when you fish at night. I don't know why. I think there's a science behind it. Don't ask me. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is my grandfather always had to do his at night. All right? And so Peter and this other disciple, they've toiled all night, having all the right things in place. Right? In our own instances that we have put that resume together. Or we have done all the permutations and combinations with the mortgage broker. Or we have done all the calculation and said, I have saved this amount. Nothing can hit me. Inflate what? But then Jesus shows up during the day. Having now preached, first of all, he used their boats. Boats that is sufficient. He's using to preach someone. And then having done all that, he looks at me and says, now launch into the deep. Peter could have said, please, 35 years of fishing experience and you come and tell me what? No, he didn't do that. He said, Master, we have told all night. Nevertheless, at thy word. What has God told you? Some of us, God is telling us something. And to you, it makes no sense. Because in your mind, you're like, nobody does that in Canada. But God is saying, launch into that deep. And you're saying, God, you don't get it. I had 15 years of experience in Nigeria. I had 20 years of experience in Cameroon. God, in my line of doing this business, nobody has ever turned it like this because it makes no sense. Even the economists of the world, they will tell you that this and that. But God is saying, launch into the deep. Take God at his word and say, nevertheless, at your word. And see if your ship will not break from abundance. Number three, speak the word. You know, if you followed me long enough or you've heard anything about me, you know that there was a point in my life I battled depression, suicidal thoughts, and all of the likes. And in my journey with God, one weapon I have learned is that sometimes when the devil comes, you can't pray, no problem. You can't study the word, that's okay. But you can do one thing, pick up your phone. You have a Bible app, 
some of it, they have audio versions where you can play the Bible. Start playing that word and see if your atmosphere does not change. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. I arise and I shine for my light has come. And as you're playing that word, you won't know when you'll get up. And then you're speaking that word and you're saying it. And here's the thing. The Bible says, are they not all ministering spirits sent to deliver the word of salvation to them that are saved? Because when you speak the word, you have issued a decree. You have issued a command. God and his word are one. When you speak the word of God, what you're doing is you're saying, God, you are on this scene. And what happens when God shows up? Oh, the dead will rise. The sick will be healed. The abundance will be there. Whatever it is that we're believing God for, God cannot show up on that scene and things remain the same. Speak the word. Many of us, we spend time analyzing. I'm an analyst too. I'm a policy analyst. That's my real original background. So we analyze. And then we'll make recommendations based on research. This is evidence-based research, right? The word of God is the oldest research book alive. And it's constant and consistent. Speak the word. Psalm 119 verse 13 talks about, I will decree the judgments of my God. What judgments are you decreeing, priests and kings of God? How many of us have received our Scottsmo check? Don't worry, I won't come and ask you to give me some. I've received my own. How many of us were excited anticipating you're checking your mailbox more than usual you that normally your mailbox is once a month and when you go it's pouring out but then all of a sudden Scott Moore comes and says I'll give you $500 and every day you're checking where's my check how many of us did that don't lie you're in church how money can't be only me hey hey thank you to the brethren who are true and that's a human being but we anticipated his promise. What's stopping you from anticipating God's promise? Scott Moore could have changed his mind, not because he wanted to play us, but also maybe because eventually things didn't align like he thought. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anticipate his promises. The second way we labor is in prayer. The second way we labor is in prayer. Ephesians 6, it tells us to pray in the spirit at all times. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We need to labor in the place of prayer. How many of us, you've experienced the moments where your heart is so heavy, you don't, even, you don't even know what to do anymore, and you just sit down, you're at your wit's end. When you're at your wit's end, that's God making you lie down in green pastures. He's saying, come, rest, calm down. And then you go and say, God, I just can't do this anymore. Please, I need your help. How do you come out feeling from that moment? Can somebody tell me, how do you come out feeling from those moments where you go to God and you're like, God, I just, and you just pour out your heart. When you're done, what happens? You feel refreshed. Labor in the place of prayer. That's what Jesus meant when he says, come to me and pour it out. 
Psalm 62 verse 6 says, trust in the Lord and pour your hearts before him. Number three, labor in love. The Bible talks about the fact that faith, faith works what? By love. So many of us, you've prayed, you've praised, you've fasted, you've done all that you know to do, even the spiritual gymnastics, you've done it all. How is your love meter? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8, tells us the characteristics of love. Is that you? There used to be a house fellowship in PPP called Love House Fellowship. Do we have love now? Did love return? But maybe just in a different place, I don't know. Anyway, there used to be a house fellowship called Love House Fellowship, and we used to be part of that house fellowship. One thing we used to do that I loved so much, we had the love confession. We would personalize 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 8. I am love. I am kind. I am patient. I am not boastful, I am not proud. I keep no record of wrongs, I believe all things, I hope all things, and I never fail because love never fails. God is love, God can never fail. So you need to labor in love. Love is the very nature of who God is. And if you truly are a child of God, you will labor to make sure that you are all that love says you are. Because faith, no matter how strong it is, works by love. So what happens when we enter into God's rest? We see from the life of Solomon that it's almost as if nearly he entered that. He wrote to the king and said, you know that David, my father, you know, had fought all these wars. And now God has given me rest. So give me this, give me that. And the Bible talks about the fact that there was nobody as wise as Solomon in all the land. There was nobody as rich as Solomon in all the land. That people came from afar. The queen of Sheba came from afar to hear the wisdom and words of Solomon. They will bring gifts. They will bring everything. In case you don't know, we've started talking about what happens when you're in rest. Wisdom is abundant. You know, you just come and you just say something. Everybody's looking at you like, wow, where did that come from? Tell them it's rest. I rest in God. Therefore, because I am in him and he's in me, his wisdom flows through me. Abundance. Your light begins to shine because truly you have entered and you are operating where God operates from. That's rest. That you are one with God. You are in line with God. You are in tune with God. You are in step with God. And because you are in step with him, light is abundant in your life. And because there is light, nations will come to the brightness of it. There's no striving. Solomon didn't fight one battle, one he didn't fight. Not one. Where it's like everything just aligns. Before you even say, I want it, the opportunity is there. Before you even, and sometimes as we are thinking about it, like, should I? And then somebody just comes and says, oh, why don't you take this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you speak to this person? And you go to speak and you say, ah, I've been thinking about you. Thank you. Let's do this. And, before, and sometimes when we say that, ah, this person just blew overnight. Yes, there was consistency of perfection of skills, but sometimes it's that time and chance was happening to them all. That time and chance, right there in that moment, it happens and then overnight something switches. You gain speed. What took other people 10 years? You gain speed. But the problem is that a lot of us, some of us, you know, we've even entered into, we, we are in this rest. 
right? Rest is not something that God is going to create. It's already there. But the problem is that even though we are there and we are enjoying the things that God has given us, but because we don't even know why we are in this place, you wake up every morning, you just go your way. Everybody around you is having the flu, you don't have it. Everybody is saying, ah, it's not adding up, inflation is killing us. And you look around and you're like, ah, but my investment is growing, my savings is three times last year, my children are doing this, and you're there basking in it. But then you want to lord it over other people and think that I have arrived. That is not the purpose for that. The Bible says that Solomon was, God said to David that there will be someone on your throne who will build my temple. If you don't know the purpose of why you are coming into that rest of God, when you get in, you will be like Solomon and go and be marrying 1,000 women. Waste of purpose. The purpose is that you might build his kingdom. And that's why Jesus said that the, 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 the right way to do this is not to chase after those things, but to chase after me. That's why you labor in the word. God, what's your heart saying? That's why you labor in prayer. God, I've seen what your heart says. Let me enforce your will on earth. And as you're doing that, God is saying that I'm a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. So if you're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things, they begin to chase you. All these things, they begin to come. All these things, they begin to align. Why? Because God knows that for as long as I make sure this person is all right, they'll make sure that my agenda on earth is all right. And then people begin to wonder, is it only you? Yes, it's only me. You too. Chase after God and see if those things will not chase after you. Your life becomes about God. And truly, rest is really just staying in God against all odds. God, this is what your word has said. Solomon looked at the promise that had been made to his father. And that's where he rested himself. And he knew that all that I, and so when God came to him and said, ask anything, he understood the concept, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He didn't say, give me, me. He was, give me what will work for you. And God said, because you have said this, I will give you all these other things. What are you chasing after? Where are you striving? God is saying this morning, Cease. Let us rise up and we'll take a quick prayer. We're going to say, you know yourself best. Look at yourself. Where is that area of your life that you know you're putting in all the work? You're saying, if I just do this and this and that, everybody that did this and this, this is how they ended up. So, Lord, let me just do this. But God is saying, I need you to seize. Somebody pray and say, Father, give me the grace to seize. And today, I come into your rest. Today, I hold on to your word. Today, I receive your word. I step into your promises. I will anticipate the manifestation of your word for me. God, I know the instructions that you have given me, but I haven't followed them because 
because I am seeking to do things my way. I repent this morning, God. And nevertheless, at your word, I choose to launch this morning. That I enter into this rest. I will labor to seek your heart in your word. I will labor to enforce your will on earth in prayer. I will labor to go and spread your gospel. Because I know that when my life is all about you. And my, your life is all about me. Then God, I know that even the things that I'm chasing after. The truth is they become like nothing all of a sudden. And in that moment is where you begin to even see the hand of God. I will stand still and see the salvation of my God. Help me, Father. Help me, Father. Help me, Father. There's somebody here. God is saying that he gave you a word a couple months back. And he needs you to go back to that word. That the answer you're seeking lies in that word. I don't know who that is, but I pray that God would help us. And we will indeed be people who show fruits of righteousness. God is true. God is a rewarder. And when our lives showcase his glory, it's even easier to speak that word to other people. But we have to cease from doing things our way and lean on him. Help us, Father. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.